the three of swords reversed will often appear after you've made some sacrifice or if you are thinking about releasing something in your life you may have recently given up some relationship behavior or attitude in your life and are just beginning to see the benefits of this difficult loss or it may be that you are not yet seeing the payoff of this past release and are at risk of backtracking is that it is that all it says no 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 there's more <laughs> you're doing like a quick scan before you read it yeah it's yeah like real yeah yeah i'm worried if this is the case try to remember the reasons uh, why you made the sacrifice in the first place and the challenges you've overcome to get to where you are now this card could also indicate that though there is no change visible to others you are privately aware of how your sacrifice is beginning to benefit you this card could also appear when you are making sacrifices but not the right ones. You may blame someone else for a circumstance in your life and aim to end that relationship without considering how your own thinking and behavior contribute to the unwanted outcome. This card may, re may be reminding you to slow down and observe the situation as objectively as possible before doing anything drastic. Finally, <laughs> this card may appear when you know that something when you know that something needs to give, but you are finding it impossible to give up, to give it up. If this is the case, don't be afraid to ask for support from others in making this release. Whoa. Whoa. It's a big, heavy, long card. <laughs> very, very long. Considering I do not enjoy reading out loud, that was excruciating. Well, wow, that's probably the hardest thing <clears throat> I had to do all night. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Fuck You Tarot Lady, episode number 23. My guest today is Troy Power. Thanks for coming to the show, mate. Thanks for coming into the new sanctum, this vibe going. No worries. Thank you for having me. Excellent. All right. Now, there's a lot to talk about. You, I, I found out that you're a lot older than I thought you were going to be when you came in here. I was like, oh, Lordy, you've got a sorted history that we need to really get through, you know? <laughs> you know, I just, you know, you just assume everyone's your own age because yeah, you yeah. just look like a young dude. And I'm like, well, you've got right. a couple more years on me. There's yeah. a lot more bands, a lot more things. So let's, uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do, with Aaron last week, we did a, a, a lightning round kind of start questions. Mm -hmm. So what we'll do is if it's cool with you, we're going to run through a couple. Yeah, of course. And we're going to see if any of that car stuff makes sense maybe there's some stuff we want to talk about maybe some stuff listeners like we'll hope he digs into that later so that's kind of the plan okay. um first things first uh what was the music played around the house when you were growing up mm. uh uh just a lot of classic rock and roll um uh, my dad is a drummer so yeah he listened to a lot of credence uh the who 
uh, yeah, anything sort of like that. A lot of Pink Floyd, Zeppelin. Um, yeah, so that was... It's that a was good education of, to start with, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was pretty lucky in that sense that, yeah, that he was a muso and into stuff that I ended up being into as well, so... Was there a moment of rebellion when you were growing up that you are like, oh, that's dad music? Or did you kind of know, know it was cool, like, as it was happening? Uh, well, it was kind of split um, for me because uh, my mum and dad divorced when I was eight, I think. So I kind of had a little bit when I was quite young and then we moved away. Um, and then when I sort of reconnected with him is when I was like my mid to late teens uh, and then kind of got back into it. So by that stage, I was sort of getting back into sort of classic rock and that anyway. So I guess I kind of skipped the whole rebelling against it as far as he was concerned. We, um, I had a little family get together on the weekend now that we're all allowed to do stuff again. And like, it's the easiest thing to put on when you're like in a family situation, just put on like some credence. Like there was credence playing, there was like sure. Beatles and stuff like that. We're like, yeah, it's sweet. No one can complain about this. No, yeah, you know? it's neutral. Dad's going <laughs> to, it's neutral music. <laughs> like it's not offensive. No. Like no one can be like, oh, turn off credence. It's like, yes, yeah, everyone knows it's great. That's you know? right. How is this offending you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, mm. What was your MSN screen name? Or do you, was there any, like, do you remember, like, did you do MSN I didn't, at all? I, no, I didn't. No. You missed that? I missed it. What about, like, MySpace? Did you have a MySpace page? I did, what yeah. Was, did you have, like, a fun name on MySpace? Because, you know, you didn't have, like, fake names back then. <laughs> no, I was boring. It was just Troy Power. But that so. sounds like a fake name. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I was waiting for it. Yes. It does sound like a fake name. So, it's a, yeah. It's a great name. So, like, <laughs> why need to make a fake name on, yeah. like, on MySpace if you name rules? No need, yeah. yeah. Uh, worst tattoo? Do you have a tattoo that you regret? Um, not really. No, I've got, some, I've got some bad tattoos, but I kind of don't regret any of them. <laughs> what's the, what's the bad, what, what, what constitutes a bad tattoo for you? Uh, just... Uh, Oh, you know what? No. No, I like them all. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, first instrument and why? Uh, the first instrument that yeah. I ever owned. Yeah. Uh, was an acoustic. It was a little three-quarter acoustic. Um, and I, I can't remember. It was somebody's that was given to me when I was quite young. Um can't remember the exact origins of how i came to own it um but was it like the yeah. house's guitar or was it your guitar it was mine yeah it was mine it was i think it was like given to my mum, and then for me to play so sick and you know. how old would you have been and like what would you have like learnt on that thing <laughs> uh, uh i couldn't tell you what i was actually trying to play i would have just been <laughs> learning chords and stuff i guess but oh so you didn't I go was straight young. to trying to learn like smoke on the water you were trying to do chords yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. So, but I was quite young. I was like seven. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And have you been playing guitar kind of consistently since seven years old? Mostly. There was a few years where I where I sort of had a bit of a, a bit of a midlife, you know, crisis where I thought it was all just silly and I was going to have to give it away. So. Oh, and like get a real job. Totally. Yeah. yeah so I did go through couple of years of that what and what age were you when that happened i was actually pretty young i was it was like it was like early 20s mm. and i'd sort of 
yeah, sort of just questioned everything for the wrong reasons, I guess. Um, but it didn't take too long to get back into it and <laughs> haven't looked back since. So. <laughs> good to know. Very good to know. <laughs> um, what was the first CD you bought with your own money or record or tape? Mm. First bit of music you bought with your own money? First that I bought with my own money. Um, that's, yeah, that's a tough one. I can't remember, really. Uh, trying to think of like the first few albums that I mean it would have been Injustice for All maybe yeah you know like something like that um, that has that has adequately ticked the box of answering that question because people are like <laughs> oh yeah sweet it was in Metallica and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean to be honest I can't remember but yeah it, it was, I was listening to music so young I, I don't know when i started listening to certain things yeah because i think for a lot of people especially after doing all this kind of top 20 albums and things like that people have been thinking a lot about was like the band that got them into something you know or like mm. it was that thing or it was that you know but for yeah. you it's cool it just feels like this kind of blur that's just like it's always been around it didn't it didn't like crash land in your backyard and then no like, Whoa. I, no i can't remember life without it if that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> I would have been too young. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. Um, do you have like a, a favorite music video or like a video that sticks out that you're just like, oh yeah, that's sick? Um, again, not really. Uh, I mean, there's there's old footage. There's like like early Pantera footage. I love watching like live stuff. Um, Anything? Like how anything? early are we talking? Are we talking like full glam metal early, or are we talking like no, more like heyday, heyday early. Once they've gotten like a bit dirtier. Yeah, just the energy of those big shows. Um, I guess kind of like like early to mid nineties um, sort of stuff. Just feel like there was something magic about those those shows and those those concerts that. Doesn't really happen anymore. So yeah, I do mm. like going back and watching them sometimes. Mm, very mm. cool. And what about like a, whether you either playing it or going to one best and worst gig? So like it can be about maybe what some bad shows you've played, good shows you've played, or maybe good shows you've been to, or like really bad shows you've been to. Um, I'd say for me, the best show that I've played. Uh, would be with Sunder uh, when we're in Japan. Sick. Um, the whole the whole trip was amazing, but it was the last show. It was made. Uh, uh, the guys there that that were looking after us made quite a big deal of the show, and it felt pretty special. And it was really emotional. So that for me still just sticks out. And it was at a bar called Twenty Thousand Volts. Who is um. It's owned by the vocalist for uh, Nola. Uh, Sweet. Do you know? Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And like, I'm assuming that was through Fortitude, Luke's thing. Was that? It was you? basically it was the very first um, uh, jump into it for Luke. So it was before it was officially a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was 100% with Luke, and uh, Luke was there with us, and yeah, it was it was an amazing time. 
It was incredible. Worst show. <laughs> um, I mean, there's been so many. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's let's the, let's be fair. What's the general vibe of a of like a worse show? Just like no people there, stuff going wrong. Just yeah, like everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Um, just just a disaster, you know, from from the get go. So yeah, I'd, there's been many many worse shows. <laughs> and is that the moment when you want to have like a midlife crisis and rethink your guitar? <laughs> is, it, is it those kind of nights or is it? No, 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 not, no, nothing. No show has been that bad that I want to do, hang it up. But just, uh, it does make you want to crawl into a ball and just hide, you know. Which is, it's kind of interesting because I feel like that's, the, that's where Sunder lies, you know, mm. in that hole that you crawl into. <laughs> so. Totally. It's bizarre now. It's like become the thing that i do yeah all the time yeah all right mm. so let's let's we'll, we'll get on to sunder <laughs> eventually but um let's get let's let's do a bit more of your musical origin so like mm. you've been playing guitar you've been doing it for yonks um <clears throat> tell us about how you first kind of got into band world because you're not originally from victoria no so originally from a small country town called kuma uh, which is uh, near canberra uh, it's basically just at the foot of the snow mountains um, uh, lived there till I was about eight and then moved, uh, when my parents split, moved from there to Coffs Harbour, lived in Coffs Harbour for roughly 10 years and then moved back to Cooma. I was sort of late teens and, uh, but anyway, sort of got into playing music in Coffs and, um, although I was always kind of into uh the more heavier side of things i also was into punk and and hardcore and uh, so played in a few punk bands up there um so yeah i guess high school really is mm. when i sort of started you know dipping my toes into the world of playing live and like when you say punk bands, like what kind of punk are we talking back then? Like worshiping which kind of bands? Like a it was more just like kind of surf punk stuff, I guess, because um, that was the most popular by far, and what was around. Like anyway. Tony Hawk era kind of stuff. Oh yeah, like earlier, I guess. <laughs> Showing my age here, but <laughs> like yeah, like early kind of No Effects, um, that kind of era. Yeah, you know, like. Um, uh, warp tours, uh, surf skate slam, all those sorts of things. Where yeah, so, so you were Pennywise like going and, along to warp tours oh, yeah. at that age, and just like what 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 was the fashion like <laughs> back then? Like what's the vibe? There was no fashion. All we we just lived in bodies. It's, it's no shoes, no shirt, <laughs> just crummies. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you surf as well while you were yeah, there yeah. in Coffs? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So you lived it. You lived the Coffs Harbour surf life. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. totally. All right, yeah, so yeah. then you move back mm. to your to your hometown. So what happens yep. there? Like you, you've got the flavor now. You're like, oh man, I want to play in punk bands and stuff. Was there a scene back where you were from? No, not really. So that was, I kind of, I moved back, um, was still playing, but not playing in bands. Um, and that's kind of when I let it go for a while. Um, so basically didn't play for 
I'm not quite sure how long it was, maybe a year, 18 months. Um, and just, yeah, focused on working hard and, you know, doing what I was supposed to do, I guess, or what I thought I was supposed to Following do. Following the rules. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then um, on the other side of that is when I sort of reconnected with, oh, not sorry, didn't reconnect, but connected with um, a couple of guys who in town who played metal like just straight just thrash type metal um and that sort of sparked that that you know that light again in me to to pick the guitar back up and start playing and then uh yeah jammed out with those guys in a couple of bands um ended up playing in a hardcore band uh called always and never uh, which was heaps of fun and um yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of when I started getting a little bit more serious. When you say a bit more serious, like, it's like, what's the line that separates not being serious from being serious for you? Uh, just like your guitars just, have cases and stuff. Like? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and, and your band name sprayed on them. No, just, um, just hours put in, like actually started to be willing to put, put the hours in to hone my craft i guess yeah right as opposed to sort of just doing it um like whenever without any kind of structure you know so started taking it more seriously in that sense and in that what you would practice like for an hour a day every day or would it be like would, it, would that be kind of that you just force yeah. yourself to sit in the room and just play yeah just getting more um uh disciplined in that sense just um yeah like really like hungry to excel at playing mm. and um, sort of like a hunger to sort of broaden uh, my knowledge as well as like what it is to be in a band and you know um, because thinking about being in a band and actually being in a band are two completely different things and <laughs> it's only as the years roll on that you kind of that you realize these things it's funny that you say you talked about it earlier where you kind of have that moment where you want to kind of pack it up and be a normie you know <laughs> yeah. and i find that so interesting because there's so many people that face that because <clears throat> i think it actually might have been luke frizzen who talked about this yonks ago where you talk about like being luke if i'm wrong you can yell at me on the <laughs> internet if i'm wrong about this but i think we had this conversation kind of about like you know when you're like a you're working somewhere and you tell them you're in a band and they're like oh yeah i used to be in a band yeah and it's just like course, fuck, yeah. everyone used to be in a band everyone's got that story <laughs> but like everyone stops at a certain point and it's like what drives the people to keep going yeah past that point where it's like oh well society tells me i should get a job and buy a house and have kids and stuff mm. <clears throat> and i find this really fascinating that some people have like their own age cutoff date or they might have their own oh the moment you've seen here at this place at this time or at that age or whatever it's like nah no good you know yeah, and i think sure. that's the more i kind of kind of engross myself in the melbourne scene it's like no one has any rules you know nah. like why nah, is right. it's like i think it's i don't know maybe it's from being a small town as well or whatever but people seem to put well give this a crack for like this much time and yeah then they, i'm gonna fucking give up on it and that's it's like, it yeah they put a limit on it yeah yeah I, I don't know i mean i guess if the passion's there it never really goes away and it's gonna it's gonna force its way back eventually um in like how do you think that happens for say like a, a regular normie 
<laughs> just generalizing. Yeah, How yeah, do you think that comes out for them? They just they like dig up the guitar every once in a while, and maybe have a bit of a play, or think they're going to start a band one day again. It never happens. Or like, what do you think? How do you think that bursts its way out? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is on the other side, um, if it doesn't burst its way out, then I guess they just damn themselves to be miserable for the rest of their lives because they never gave it a real crack. Mm. You know, I don't know. I, I feel like there's probably a lot of people like that out there that were too afraid to live their own life, I guess. <laughs> you, you're exactly right. I think it's just about being self-confident in whatever you do and if whatever mm. it is that is, yeah, it's going to work if you're happy doing it because like you said, like you're not... You're not almost giving up in a sense on like, you yeah. know, even if you're just doing the thing you like doing, if it means that you're, you know, broke, but you're happy. It's like, that just seems like a good deal to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I don't agree. know. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. It's definitely a tough one. And it's, you know, each, each to their own in that aspect, you know, um, some people are perfectly happy with saying, I used to be in a band, mm. you know what I mean? Like they just can reflect on how fun that was and that was then and this is now i guess mm. sort of thing which is that's that's amazing it's like it's a really interesting way that you can kind of group your life into little segments like mm. this is when i was this and this is when i was that and it's like shouldn't that just always but yeah you're right i guess things change you know maybe you don't want to play guitar anymore maybe you don't want to lug a drum kit to <laughs> yeah it's fair enough it's a fucking pain in the ass <laughs> and it's just such an interesting thing you know because like talking to everyone in this local scene it's like no one's making money like no one's you yeah. know everyone's just doing it because they love it and they'll load their car up and they'll play the show even if it might be horrendous and you want to crawl yeah. in the ball <laughs> you know you still do it and I, I just I got such a you know like I want to salute those guys yeah. <laughs> you know for sure um, yeah. <clears throat> so you're doing a bit of metal back home mm -hmm. how old are you at this stage now so I guess I, this is getting into early 20s yeah um yeah so sort of like i said sort of starting to to sort of look at taking it a little bit more serious um getting into audio a little bit so recording demos all that sort of stuff so starting to dabble into being able to record myself at a better level um and then kind of by default a few years later i was in melbourne <laughs> um and i was i was unwell uh, i was i was i was in hospital and uh it was all good i was i was about to be released uh the next day the well the night before i was released i was laying in bed reading a beat magazine and i just seen an ad for a band looking for a guitarist uh so i called called the guy up and said hey i'm like keen to you know audition for for your band what did the ad say <clears throat> what, like what drew you to the ad specifically uh, was it would have been something because by that stage like i was i was like right into like super melodic just cheesy you know prog metalcore type stuff so it would have just said that it's that i guess <laughs> and then so yeah so i just i just sort of cold called um this guy and said uh is there any chance that you're doing any auditions tomorrow I didn't tell him why um and it just so happened that they were holding auditions so um i checked out of hospital the next morning got a taxi to the rehearsal rooms 
<laughs> uh, I just imagine you in like one of those gowns, like with your yeah, arms know, hanging yeah, out, yeah, like yeah. in the just taxi. Some, just full crazy. <laughs> no, um, yeah, just uh, went in, made some excuse as to why I didn't have a guitar or an amp or anything, um, which weirded the guys out a lot and i get it now now that i live here in melbourne too how weird that would have been yeah um just roll up and say, just roll just up and be, yeah <laughs> yeah you know that that shit flies in the country but not not here you know um <laughs> but anyway i guess yeah so i uh got through all the awkwardness picked up uh a guy called steve's guitar who ended up being and still is a really good friend of mine um jammed out with the drummer felt like it went pretty well um in that moment if i could just pause yeah, you for yeah, a second yeah. there when you think you've done well in a completely blind <laughs> audition for a melodic metalcore band yeah, yeah. like how do you think it's going well for you like is in like you, you know you're feeling each other and it's like yeah yeah sweet. so and it's like yeah just just had a bit of a connection with the drummer and he was uh kind of into some of my riffs so that was like just felt like maybe something was there yeah um at the end of the audition i kind of fessed up and said uh, i'm not actually even from melbourne um i fly back to the snowy mountains in a few hours sorry if that's a problem <laughs> um sorry if i fucking wasted your time but you just um, wanted to jam out you know yeah and just i don't know i just felt like i needed to to do the thing and then um yeah, they were really cool about it. And then I left just thinking it was just going to be this funny story that, you know. You could tell on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it. exactly. That, <laughs> yeah, for, for this exact situation. And then, um, yeah, a few weeks later, I got a phone call from Steve. And, um, yeah, he asked me to move to Melbourne. He's like, so that's, that's how I ended up here, like to, to start playing in bands in Melbourne. Amazing. So I kind of had to move then. <laughs> I, was, I sort of just said yes and then figured out how I was going to move here and whatnot after. <laughs> and like, what were you doing for work back home? Like, were you worried about like getting work moving to a big city or like where you're going to live? Uh, like, what was yeah. that? Yeah, I was worried about all those things, <laughs> definitely. Um, I'm a tradie. I've always been in the trades. Um, so mostly house painter. My old man was a house painter. Um, but property maintenance and some aircon stuff and yeah just always been sort so of so you're in, a handy guy yes so that wasn't going to be an issue for you to find some handy work no no it does make it easier when you you know when you know you can just sort of pick up any kind of laboring work or whatever so that's pretty much what i did and then i just ended up with another painting crew down here and yeah just did that and and then started yeah, my journey musically in Melbourne, jamming three nights a week and fucking having expectations of like being really good, <laughs> which was a fucking shock. <laughs> what do you mean that's not good of enough? Being really good. <laughs> they just so like, uh, oh, what was this? so this is Powers the B, right? Is that this yeah, band? Yeah. So Powers the B is the band. Yeah. Did it exist before you joined? Yes. Or, so like that's what they were already called, and you joined yeah, that band, which is funny. <laughs> and I copped, uh, you know, I copped a lot of shit for that. I was um, literally just going to say, what do you mean? I was like, oh, yeah, right. Fuck, that's funny. Yeah, that is, that, mm. that would have been. It was pretty funny, so. <laughs> that's 
but, a great um, MySpace name. But I, the, a f- very funny twist to this whole thing, which is quite fucking bizarre. After after I'd I'd been jamming with these guys for, you know, maybe coming on about two months, um, we sort of finally got to the point where after one rehearsal, we were sitting down having a couple of beers and really starting to relax. Like I was starting to relax with them and starting to sort of delve into my past. Like they were asking about like where I'm from and, you know, you know, yada, yada. Start telling them that I lived in Coffs Harbour for 10 years. Then Cam, the drummer, pipes up and basically just says, fuck off, you know. What do you mean you've been in Coffs Harbour for 10 years? And then I was like, well, actually, I was in a place called Woolgoolga, which is about 20 minutes out of Coffs Harbour. And then you just see his face just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Turns out that he is from a place called Mulloway, which is right next to Woolgoolga. We went to the same fucking school. Whoa. Uh, but he was like 10 years younger than me. He was like he, like a lot younger than us. And we had the same music teacher. How fucking bizarre is that? What? Yeah. yeah. No shit. So, and so we're just sitting there just, just thinking, this is insane. And you've both ended up in Melbourne in the same band and you were jamming out with each other that time when you got out of the and hospital. He's, and, he and he's even... 10 years younger than me. Whoa. It's so weird, yeah. That's fucking bizarre. Like... <laughs> maybe yeah. there's something there was something you needed to get maybe like that did that beat magazine like fly in through the hospital <laughs> Must window have, or something? yeah yeah <laughs> just open to that page and there was sun beaming down on it uh, yeah <laughs> i know it's, yeah, it's bizarre huh? so, so how long did those guys go for because you were around in that like kind of prime time for the for that for that yeah yeah core sound <clears throat> that particular band didn't last all that long um there was already internal conflict um that became pretty apparent after about six months uh, we played a bunch of gigs um but in the end it didn't work out um so the other guitarist and cam um and myself um disbanded and then formed another group from there um which was the band that we spoke about earlier when we formed which was kind of more on the technical side of the metalcore kind of wave, I guess. Um, and when you say more technical, like what's influencing this next iteration of the band with you and... Uh, yeah. uh, a big influence actually was a band called Viatrophy. Mm, never heard of those guys. Um, they were kind of pretty short-lived. Um, sort of, I guess it's kind of melodic progressive metal as opposed to being metalcore so you've kind of got like big sort of dramatic chord changes in amongst way too many notes <laughs> you know so yeah that sort of thing and and you know quite quite elaborate you know drum beats and um and i guess a kind of like in that sort of misery signals yeah sort right. of world as well um but slightly more metal if that makes sense um but they were also another you know band that we were into a lot shy lord as well that sort of stuff so yeah right mm. so then so 
what's kind of happening for you now? So you're doing this, you're doing this thing, mm. and where are you now as well? Uh, so by that stage, I'd moved to Lara, just out of Geelong. Um, so yeah, we were a Geelong-based band, basically. Um, and uh, we didn't we didn't really do much uh, as far as gigging either. Didn't last very long. <laughs> uh, we jammed a lot. Um, there was a lot of build up, and then um, not everything fell into place. I guess so. It was kind of short lived as well, but it was heaps of fun um, up to that point. Like it was just fun to be able to jam. Yeah, with yeah. These guys just, and kind of just, write all these really just, technical riffs. That's and- right. Yeah, yeah, and like. The three of us, um, before, you know, before we had a bass player and before we had vocals or anything, we just, just thoroughly enjoyed writing and playing together. It was pretty, um, pretty memorable kind of time for me. And I'm sure it is for them as well, as far as just pushing boundaries and writing and not really giving a fuck about anything else. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in that aspect, it was awesome and it was you know um it shaped uh it it definitely helped shaped the 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 the, the musician that i am now mm. for sure yeah it sounds like at that point that's when you're pushing yourself to like an absolute limit when it comes to like writing riffs and things like that mm. right like was that when you were at your peak of like really trying to push yeah totally yeah just working just just flat out just hours a day just just non-stop yeah, so it was great, and yeah, still really good friends with 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 those two guys, um, and uh, yeah, it was just a good time. It was yeah. Really good. Mm. Now let's get to you talking about so off mic before the show we're talking about Pan Studios, which is a <laughs> Geelong uh, landmark. For anyone who doesn't know, it was the rehearsal yeah. space in Geelong. For that was it. Yeah, so many years. Yeah, it was that or Al's. Remember Al Mac? Did you, did you, the, just around the corner, Al? No, I don't think I remember Al around the corner, Al Mac. <laughs> Al Mac amps. He was he's an amp tech, and he had like a little jam room. Um, so we used to jam there sometimes. But and it was just around the corner from Pan. Oh no way! Yeah, um, Al's a classic. He's just a he was a soundy throughout the seventies for you know you, you know you name the Aussie rock bands you know he was he was the guy and he's just a absolute freak when it comes to anything like um you know amps and stuff like that he just he just knows things that i don't understand so he used to fix all my stuff um but yeah so i used to work at pan as well yeah Mm. so tell us a little bit how that all happened yeah so um we were we used to obviously like every Geelong band. We jammed at Pan, flat out. Um, got to know the lady really well, uh, Sal, who owned Pan at the time and ran it. Uh, and then, basically, just sort of became part of the furniture there. So she ended up offering me a job. <laughs> so I just, um, I was just just secretary really, just taking bookings and setting up the jam rooms and packing down and stuff like that so but it was heaps of fun it's good it's a good time yeah so what how old are you at this point like what era would this have been to place it on the kind of timeline so this is getting more to like mid to late 20s i guess so this would have been like the 
so yeah, when because when did Pan like close? Because Sal left and then Trav took it Sal over. Sal left and, then... and Trav took over. Um, I don't know. I don't know exact years. I guess if it was, what are we now? Twenty twenty. It's like twenty ten. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That'd have to be ballpark for sure. Hmm. Because mm. it was a, it's a, a bit of a strange time, I guess, for Geelong music. Because we were talking about this again off mic, mm. which we probably should have been yeah, recording yeah. for. But um, you know, there was it felt like there was a bit of a trying to a kind of a dry spell or kind of like an empty void in Geelong Definitely. in the music scene at the time. And I think, I think other people had kind of said as well, maybe like the younger kids are doing their stuff and you're not young enough to hang with them, so you're missing <laughs> that. And then everyone in our kind of scene kind of dried up. Like we were talking about bands yeah. just stopped being bands and stuff for sure because they all go on to do other things or get or jobs or move to melbourne move to melbourne which, yes you know i think i think that was probably a big reason of a lot of bands a lot of guys from there just moved to melbourne to to join other bands you know so, mm. so yeah there was a bit of this kind of like dry spell that then mm. you're in geelong jamming for this band that also kind of didn't break it as well so it was like totally part yeah. of that little yeah era. it was definitely that i think that factored into the whole thing just the the pressure of feeling everything about to you could kind of feel it that everything was about to sort of slow right down mm. uh, it was, yeah. it's a weird thing to be able to n like see that coming you mm. know but it's almost like everyone was talking about it totally. at the time and geelong's like there's no gigs on like there's nah. nothing really happening there's no there's no bands to go watch and you're That's right it. if you do you go to melbourne to see the bands for sure and then obviously the the nail in the coffin was like we said earlier uh nash yeah once the nash was gone it was kind of Bowen club and that's it mm. so yeah that was it was a weird time but I, I look and now there's so much other stuff i'm sure going on there now because you've got like all these extra Surely. generations of yeah youth coming in and playing shows and doing stuff but yeah at the time i just felt like there was a bit of a lull mm. you know so Definitely. after after this um so what was that band called when we fall so when we fall foul yep <laughs> what happens then like Dude. where where do we like where do we go from from you there like what was the next venture next venture was i moved back to kofsawa whoa yeah so that was just for a short period of time um packed up um got back in the ocean for a while which is good um and from there moved back to kuma um and worked uh, another snow season so also done a little bit of work um fixing and repairing and doing tune-ups and stuff of snowboards and skis for for a, a big um snow shop called rhythm Snowsport in kuma and just awesome crew just funny times to work there just yeah so that was awesome to go back to that and then um in within that season is when i met my partner sonny um and then we just decided at the end of winter to travel a little bit so we traveled we went up to brisbane for a while um and then a sort of long story short ended up deciding we wanted to move to melbourne so we came back to melbourne and been back here now for almost 10 years I guess. yeah wow that's crazy yeah so you've been around yeah 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 i've done some done some traveling around <laughs> that's amazing so okay so you get back to melbourne and 
was there like that need to start a new band or was there a need to connect with those guys like what how what happened next Mm. like so basically as soon as i got back here i just um i just knuckled down and started writing songs um and then the whole while just sort of started going to shows again reconnecting with with old mates seeing what they're up to you know what bands they're in and was there any bands you remember that some of those guys were in at the time that was kind of influencing you or making you go oh that's cool um well i mean well jts was definitely jack the stripper is yeah. definitely one of the ones that kind of put a little bit of fire in my belly um because i knew those well, i got to know those guys so well and um they were just pushing so hard and they just delivered so so much energy live um so that was definitely that definitely helped sort of get you know get yeah everything sort of uh like my motivation to to really pursue something seriously again uh for sure but yeah reconnected with um another good mate of mine who is uh who was actually the bass player in when we fall Mm -hmm. um so we started talking about potentially doing something again um and then we started throwing some demos around uh just taking our time when you know didn't really want to rush into something uh just just sort of wanted to find the right people and you know um basically just yeah just take our time and um during that time uh, uh adzi which is a bass player went overseas and i think he was uh, i can't remember the country but he ran into scott who is the singer singer for sunder um adzi came back from overseas and basically said oh I ran into Scott Curtis overseas. I was like, what the fuck? And like, did you know Scott? Yeah. From How did you know Scott from back in those days as well? Was he in other bands back then? Yeah, or? so Scott used to jam at Pan, obviously. And of course. <clears throat> so I knew those guys um, quite well. When When We Fall broke up, because um, Scott's a guitarist as well. Oh, okay, cool. Scott um, jammed with me a couple of times. And yeah, we just sort of riffed out a little bit before I moved away. Um, yeah, so I, I knew Scott somewhat already. Um, and and so they're overseas somewhere talking about you. Started talking, yeah. <laughs> started talking about band stuff, came back. Turned out that Scott had just started doing vocals and he was um, keen to start taking it seriously, you know, like really get into to being a vocalist. And then... Um, yeah, so then that sort of injected Scott into the equation and we started, just kept demoing and, and just trying different things. Um, and there was the, up until this point, it was all just like program drums and, you know, it was all just purely demo based. Um, but that, and then, so that turned into the first band um, that Scott and Adam and I started called Hopi Now um, and that was kind of heavily influenced from like bands like Comeback Kid and um, Have Heart and like more of that melodic hardcore mm-hmm. type stuff um, yeah and then so we started doing that for a while 
um, released an EP, played a bunch of shows, had some fun, um, went through a couple of drummers and just sort of had some, sort of it never really just found its feet as a band. Mm. Um, and, and then so that sort of just slowed right down. And then to basically that's kind of where we started thinking about doing a band like Sunder, um, like the very early days of talking about, you know, doing a band like all these, these other sort of influences that we were listening to for forever, you know, like the carrier and, um, as we draw and, you know, all this sort of stuff that was coming, coming out from overseas that was just super heavy and a bit crusty and dark and slower and, you know, um, yeah, so same sort of process started again, started demoing, throwing ideas around and yeah, gave birth to what we're doing now, I guess, sort of. Did that take root or did that kind of have legs faster because it was something you all really wanted to do a bit more or like why yeah. do you think that that previous iteration of the band, you know, before it was Sunder, why did that kind of fall off in this well, like, they were two. They were two. Definitely two completely different things. Mm. Um, uh, I think. I think uh, things just fell into place with Sunder because it was. Um, it just felt really natural from the get go. Mm. Um, like it didn't feel forced, or it didn't feel. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It just it just felt like there was. There was sort of there was a bit of mojo happening within the songwriting that wasn't there previously, mm. um, and kind of from that from the early few few tracks that we wrote, it just it started just becoming more and more apparent as to like this is probably what we should be doing because we're so because we're so into it, yeah. you know, like you know, sort of yeah, and I guess sort of. The rest is history now. Mm. Like we're now we're, we're still a band, which is good. <laughs> no surprise band breakups on this podcast. No, like, no And now we're no. done actually. So yeah, sorry yeah, guys. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no. no. Which is great because uh, we were talking uh, when, because I've seen you guys play a couple of times before, but I had a chat with you guys after the Earthrot gig mm -hmm. when you guys supported those dudes at the Bendigo. And yeah. It was a chance where I'm like, I'm going to talk to you guys because we kind of chat a little bit on Instagram about coming on the podcast. So I was like, I'm going to mm. have a chat. And I think the thing that I find most fascinating about Sunder is that it is, to me, it's more of like a feeling, you know? It's mm. less about, I, I guess because maybe I'm, I'm not as familiar with the songs when you go see it live. It's just mm. this kind of like barrage of yeah. <laughs> uh, a feeling. And I think you guys, we were talking about that that night and you were talking about like the lighting and how you, you kind of want to pull everyone into like your vibe mm -hmm. and yeah. i find that really fascinating because i think a lot of times you know you're on a big bill at the bendigo or last mm. chance or wherever you are and it's like you know you're a couple of different bands and you might not be you'd be you'd be struggling to try and figure out what separates some of those bands on that lineup of course yeah, yeah. but with like sunder it's always like oh yeah i definitely remember that band yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, for better was, or for worse. Yeah, yeah, there's this feeling of kind of like <laughs> dread in my stomach when I watch you guys play, and it's mm. something that like you, now I realise that you tried to aim for that, which I'm like, you bastards. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> but, a hit. Yeah. But you've but you've nailed it. Like there is a real sense of when you're watching you guys play that you're in the world that you've created, mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily know 
where that comes from, like its origins or, or like the, you've mentioned a lot of bands on this podcast and we'll do a <laughs> companion yeah. uh, Spotify playlist so people can kind of get into that vibe. Because for me, it's, yeah, it's, it's unlike anything, you know, mm. like it's, well, maybe not like unlike anything that's maybe give you guys a little bit too much credit, but, <laughs> but as in it's, it's, it's fantastically unique, especially in our scene here in Melbourne. And I guess, you know, like we mentioned as well, like bands like No Haven and, Ooh, and sure. Ilva, like anything Ooh. Mike Deslin's kind of, you know yeah his fingers around or producing or whatever like totally. there's a little bit of that but even still like you guys have this unique fantastic uh dread filled kind of <laughs> the hole that you crawl into which i, I love that it's, metaphor it's such a nice thing to think about but yeah not necessarily in a bad way you know but like but it is yeah it's definitely yeah it's it's that's if there's one goal like to a sunday show is just to get as many people in the audience into our headspace, like with us, um, as I think it's very important to, you know, to the songs um, and for Scotty, because um, he just puts so much into his lyrics and so much into his vocal performance. Like we kind of need that coherence. Yeah. And if there was just like someone doing the lights on the lighting desk, it wouldn't be the same as you guys no. bringing your own and being really kind of like clinical almost and a little bit kind of like you mm. can't look away you know there's no strobe lights to hide behind or anything it's just like you guys are there in it you know yeah and there's something kind of crazy about that <clears throat> yeah it's terrifying a bit but it's also very satisfying and cathartic um, I, I assume totally know? yeah some shows particularly very very cathartic is it was that a specific show or is it if you guys are feeling a certain way that week and it's just like a nice release or like is it yeah. both I think that's probably been uh, the biggest, uh, uh, the nicest thing that I get from playing in this band is that um, every show is different in a clinical kind of way. Um, so yeah, sometimes like it's always, it, it always feels incredible to play with those guys, but some shows are just like just thick with emotion, you know, and you can't, you can't really pick when, what night it's going to be. Mm. Um, just and do you think some, to... some nights just from, you know, from the, from the minute I hear, you know, Dan hitting the toms with, a, with too much reverb on them or something, you know, like I'll just, I'll just get a feeling and know that it's going to be like, a, uh, like a, an extra level of, of um, venting. Kind yeah, of, like know, an like, extra thick level of mm, feeling in the air, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. that's really cool, and I think that's, I think that's, I guess, uh, an important part of metal. I think that people don't think about is that cathartic kind of outburst. For sure. You know, when you are playing, like it's probably saving a lot of people who are in metal bands from like getting in road rage or like totally. fist fights or whatever. Like you know, I think it's a huge release of that energy. That's like you kind of unless you're, I don't know, doing MMA or. For sure. Playing PlayStation yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, there's no way to get that kind of murderous range no. <laughs> no, and it's it's very it's very healthy in that aspect and it's very uh, misunderstood, I think, for that reason, is because of the image that goes with, you know, quote unquote like metal guys, you know. Um, which you can get away with a lot more here in Melbourne because everyone wears black anyway, you know. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But there's I think it's a lot healthier than you know going to a club and and doing speed and and just like 
you know yeah i just think it's i just think it's really misunderstood in that in that aspect as far as like just how cathartic and how important it is to to people you know? mm. yeah it's like a it's like a release valve yeah, you know that's that you right. just go play that show or go to that show or be a part mm. of it in some way and then just like oh man like it's almost like exercise exercising the demons <laughs> in a way yeah yeah and I, and I love that and i think that's what i definitely get from like every time i've seen you guys play it's just like a real yeah there is there's like a a kind of everyone's kind of in it together in that moment just mm-hmm. being like whoa what the fuck was that <laughs> yeah 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 well, it's the same for us so yeah at do, the you end. Guys, do you get off off stage and just be kind of like whoa that was mm-hmm have a sit down yeah quite often good i'm glad to hear that <laughs> because then if you were just like no we just finished our show on high five and then you yeah. pack up our lights no <laughs> no nah, nah. you need to have a little bit of that like yeah. kind of to go with it i think i don't know maybe it's got something sure. with this card as well you know a little bit of that maybe yeah that's bizarre you know yeah because it sounds like the kind of running thread between a lot of this stuff is like, it's like you need to kind of get this out you know whether it's a band that does stuff or maybe just jams but it's like you and i think that's if i can make this connection on mm. on your behalf it's like i feel like they're <laughs> the people that stick around it's like like you said it's going to poke its way through at some point anyway right so you for may sure. as well keep playing and for yeah. you it seems to be a very high need to just get that out and luckily you're still playing guitar because otherwise you know god knows how it's going to come yeah true <laughs> that's it it would probably just be a very, very unhealthy alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> instead of a highly functioning one. Yeah, I was going to say, on that note, would you like to get another beer? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, great. We'll do a quick pause. <laughs> All right, we're back with more beers in a, in a really healthy way. Mm. Healthy, just normal beer drinking kind yeah. of living. Um, and so we're, we're on Sunday now. We're talking about Sunday. And it's a, it's a... Speaking of being a kind of interesting band in a kind of interesting genre, like it's an interesting place where you get put on bills so like talk mm. about like your experience with like playing in sunder like you mentioned playing in japan which was amazing <laughs> yeah, um course. like how is it received <clears throat> and like where have you guys played like have you toured much like um we haven't toured uh, a lot uh we've toured a little bit so we've we've done a little bit of stuff um interstate uh and then obviously uh we did japan a couple of years ago thanks luke Yes, thank you, Luke. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that we've we've done minimal amount of touring, um, and but yeah, we've played on all kinds of bills. Uh, we've played straight doom sludge bills. Um, played with a bunch of noise bands, um, and then even you know guys that are kind of more in just the straight extreme metal world as well um so you know we've played with low a bunch uh depart you know bands like that and i think we uh tend to kind of fit in in a funny kind of way yeah because you're kind of a little bit of everything mm. <laughs> you kind of yeah. just play everywhere you just yeah. <laughs> as long as you bring that vibe with you and you bring the lights and stuff you know mm. like i feel like it's always just you know you can kind of pack up and set up anywhere <laughs> yeah sort of yeah but is it received well like interstate like i know melbourne's a, a good place for a band like this but like how did interstate kind of uh i mean it's always it's always a bit of a gamble i guess depending on where you're playing and who you're playing with um so i mean of course like not all shows are amazing um that's just part and parcel of being in a band but for the most part, it's been like 
like really good because we've been pretty lucky with who we've played with um so uh like we've been to hobart a couple of times and played with depart and we're really good friends with the guys from depart so all of, it's, it's already going to be a good show if that makes sense yeah of course. regardless if there's 10 people there because you're getting to like hang out with all your buddies that's right so um yeah i think we've been pretty lucky in that sense um and then uh uh locally playing in mixed bills is always a gamble as well mm. um it used to be the norm back in the day like a mixed bill was just standard you know like yeah but now everything's so compartmentalized totally now. everything is um curated <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, so I think it's kind of, is, yeah. Like, Melbourne as well has such a high population base, you know, so you really can just like focus in on... On a niche, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you do can. You think, do you think because we came from smaller towns and like mixed bills was the norm and then you come to a big town, you're like, oh man, like yeah. I can't watch like seven thrash bands in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that was, it was definitely um, a learning curve mm. for sure. Um, coming from, yeah... Because, I mean, as you know, like, in a small country town, you just watch anything that comes into town. It doesn't matter if you're into it or not. You just go because it's a thing to do. Mm. Whereas here, we can be very picky and, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm not going to to watch that band because of this reason or whatever. It's just silly. Yeah. You know, it's, it becomes a little bit political. Yeah. But, um... Like, people draw battle lines. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I mean... Who knows, really? Mm. But it's just, it seems uh, the, the the mixed bill thing is kind of like, uh, it's a dicey one now, I think, for people putting on shows, um, which is a shame because there's some real magic in putting together a good mixed bill show. Um, very much so mm. and then think about the kind of people that are going to meet that would never meet otherwise because for sure and the, and the bands that you necessarily like would never have heard and then you leave that show thinking fuck that band was incredible like mm. I definitely wouldn't have gone to probably one of their normal shows where you know the, the, all these bands are supposedly in this genre but if, if you get you get what I mean, I like, get exactly what you like mean. Because you can, it might you can not... walk away from that and go, "Fuck, I would never have, I would never have heard that band, and now I love that band." Yeah. So, and I think that's like, I think that's the joy of, I guess, living in Melbourne is being able to go to see as many shows as you can and be able to just be like, take it all in. And if you're just like, oh, "I'm not going to go to that," you're like, "Well, but you're here. <laughs> like, where what else all... are you going to do?" <laughs> exactly. That's it. Well, yeah. I mean, right now we're all going to be stuck inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I think it's given me more of a lease on like, oh man, I'm just going to see so many fucking shows and we can go back, <laughs> you know, like anything. I'll go see anything. Yeah, yeah. Just totally. to get out of the house, you know. But, um, mm. but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting point that you make. And I think that it's kind of mixed bills potentially is what kind of created the sound of your band as well. Because you're mm. taking these bits from all these things and that like your formation wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for like the mixing of genres that probably no. came from bands playing That's together right. anyway, right? Yeah, totally. And and the the influences that, that you know, were all, all the members of, of Sunday, like we've all got common ground. Um, 
but also a, a varied you know a range of music that we listen to um you know whereas like some of the guys are like really into stoner rock and more classic stuff but then also still really love the heavy stuff and you know um i think that uh that's definitely key to what we're doing because it's it sort of adds to the mixing pot yeah for sure as we're putting the songs together for real you know taking a demo and then turning it into a song and what's the what's that thing that t- turns it from a demo into a song like do you guys all collaborate on that together as well is that to do with like when it's in production yeah, yeah. as well like yeah so just pretty standard sort of like um situation whereas like me being the guitarist like i do most of the initial writing um come up with either a short sketch or or a long full song idea depending on how it comes out um forward that on to the guys and then we just sort of spitball ideas and then start jamming it and then it's just a kind of just gets thrown into the air i guess (laughs) and yeah and then 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 we start writing a song around that the initial idea yeah Yeah. now you you mentioned scott's lyrics putting a lot of time and effort into that as well like what other metal archives lyrical (laughs) themes of sunder like what's what's kind of what's going on in that brain of his to like what's he well the thing is, is is there really isn't a theme there's there's um it's 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 more just um when he you know um how do i explain it when he's focused on said theme he just really really delves into whatever it is that he's into at that point while he's writing um it's hard to sort of put i would i'd hate to sort of pigeonhole him into into being like yeah like like, just this is how he writes and this is what he writes about yeah but um he's very i mean that sort of comes back to the headspace thing i guess he he writes his lyrics while we're writing in the jam room Mm. so um he will be he's constantly writing material but he will sit down with us and as we're musically coming up with um you know um, compositions on certain riffs and certain drum beats and whatever and putting it into place then he will be actually sitting in the room and getting in that headspace as he writes lyrics yeah mm-hmm. so, and that's amazing like mm, i think it's huge because i think with a lot of people i don't know war, when it comes to a, a a vocalist or you know whoever's doing vocals in the band or whoever's mm. writing the lyrics it's like yeah it, you know where does that come from is it like on a page ready to go in like you know paragraph breaks or is it like a sprawling of thoughts yeah you know? well, and then so it sounds like it's you know he's really tapping into whatever that sound is and then and that i guess for sure well, that marries together so well you mm-hmm. know which is really cool. Yeah. Um, another thing I, I love about Sunder is the look and the feel and the design of the band. You know, you guys have got a really great visual kind of look. Can you tell us a little bit about where that all came from? Uh, yeah, so the artwork um, and just the general aesthetic of Sunder um, started uh, with... A, it started from uh, connecting with a guy who played guitar for a band that we really liked scotty and him 
basically opened a dialogue of the internet because he's from France. Um, sort of before, well, it was before I knew that he was the artist for Burning Bright and all these incredible bands that we're into at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just sort of started from there. Um, ended up sending, uh, his name is Camille. Ended up sending Camille a demo of our first two track that we put out just to see if he'd be into it and just to show him what we're doing like on the other side of the world you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, and kind of just he's been there from the beginning in that sense because straight away um, he was really keen to start doing some artwork for us um, he immediately had ideas for it that mm. we we hadn't even really thought about artwork at that stage and that's what's so cool about that is because when i see the, the look of the band it's mm. what i expected to be but yeah. it's a dude who's not even in the band because i asked I know, you off yeah. mic i'm like which one in the band does the stuff because it's usually someone you know it's usually someone that's in the right, band who's yeah. doing it but especially the, nowadays because everyone can design and do you know um yeah but and and then it's just been an ongoing relationship now anything that we do um, and then anything that Camille does as well, um, he's had done a few different projects musically since, and they've all been incredible. Um, he did a band called 911, which is some of the best up-tempo melodic hardcore fucking written. It's wow. really good. Um, and he's, his more recent band, Cemented Minds, is um, really cool, kind of new wavy stuff. Um, so he's yeah he's an incredible musician as well Um, so it's just been quite like an integral part to to the band as far as just like the family of Sunder as well which has been a pretty big thing for us from the start like once we all got really serious we're like once um, we find someone that we're really good friends with and is 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 um shows an interest or is is part of the development of the band like that we consider them like sort of part of part of the band as well mm. like that, that whole thing so like a collective totally yeah yeah for sure. that's really nice actually so, um yeah and so camille obviously is part of that because he's he's the he's what people see he's the visual so um yeah man and then so we've um we've we've got a like our next full length um just getting close to being released that's exciting exciting. and um was this happening kind of pre-covid or did you kind of force hands no no so no we we it's it was already recorded before um the pandemic (laughs) it's not a (laughs) pandemic record um yeah so uh it's been it's been sort of we, we've been chipping away at it for quite a while as far as like all the all the sort of back end stuff like mastering and um the artwork we also shot a film clip to, for it that we're going to release as a single that's really exciting i um, i mentioned that yeah i, I love the the previous film clip you guys did it's like super wide <laughs> like if anyone it? goes yeah, and yeah. looks at it on <laughs> yeah, youtube yeah. it's like yeah. that's not a mistake you've got a really no. wide shot and it's yeah. i don't even know youtube could make it look like that <laughs> you know like i've never seen anything like that which is and it's just like kind of like beautiful landscapes yeah well that's see that then that's another um our mate wilson who is does all our video work um he 
he's another part of Sunder, really, yeah. because he's been there from the get-go. And um, he also has this ability to get a vision before we even start throwing ideas around. You know, we'll send him a track or, uh, you know, um, even just like, oh, we'll send him like a, a shitty fucking demo or something just to, and his head will just be immediately yeah somewhere that i would never have thought of but it completely marries up yeah it's bizarre it's kind of weird isn't it because mm. <laughs> it all kind of does work like if you were to say oh your band did a video that was just like beautiful you know like landscapes and different cities and things and it's like oh mm. what but then you watch it like oh man it's so good yeah i know <laughs> like- yeah and again like that that yeah like like you said i i on paper, to say that, you'd think, oh, I don't know. You know is that- <laughs> yeah, how did he pitch that to you? And, and how did you go, yeah, that sounds sweet. Let's do it. <laughs> like, uh, Did he just, just send you some stuff and you were like, I think that's something you have to just see. You can't just totally. describe that to someone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was just immediately when we saw some some little snippets, we're like, oh, okay, yeah, we get it. That's And uh, a lot of, lot of the clip um, was sort of in Scotty's head as well. So he kind of had the idea for some of the sort of chaos that's in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But again, Wilson is in that world because he's been there from the start and he's just become like this mainstay that's like just always there and he's a really good friend and just, um, yeah, he'll be, he's, he's in the band. Yeah. Wilson. <laughs> you hear that? Wilson? You hear that? <laughs> Some APRA money's coming yeah, your way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty yeah. bucks from Spotify yeah. per year. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah sure. that's really exciting. Can you give us a bit of a hint as to what the what the what we're going to be seeing in this new single slash music video? Is there like was there a theme or was there a plan or did you just kind of give the song to Wilson? And he just kind of ran with it or no? It was all I can say is it was a collaboration with Wilson, um, and it was a. It was basically a session that we shot. Um, it's fucking, it's really cool. Um, and I can't wait to release it. That's awesome. So it's when's that? When's, exciting. Is that like, is there a set date or are you guys Not still yet. kind of figuring it all out? Yeah, we're, we're just sort of figuring out the um, the finer details of when, of when we're going to release it. But it won't be, um, it won't be too much longer now, I'd say. Really it's exciting. getting closer yeah and that's the thing like it's, it's funny i use it before like it's not a COVID album like because mm-hmm. i wonder how many people at the at like at this very moment are like oh fuck yeah i've got like a couple of weeks off work i'm just gonna like yeah nail totally. the recording in my house or something i don't know like, yeah yeah but see that was lucky for you guys you had already recorded it all and where'd you yeah, record this lucky. one as well oh with and again this this ties back into the whole family thing uh we recorded with mike again uh, Mike Deslins is a good friend, um, and again, he's been there from the very start. Um, so it kind of just makes sense that we work with him. Mm. He gets what we're doing, um, and it makes the the actual recording process um, a lot more natural because we kind of get in, and um, I think before we start setting up mics and and tone mining and doing all the fucking all the shit it's like our our heads are kind of already in the 
Yeah, you can already eliminate a lot of things off like the guess who board, you know, like <laughs> totally. <laughs> you yeah, flick them all sure. down. So yeah, we did it with Mike again at um at the Avery. Um, which is just a really cool space. Um, their big room, just the drums just sound fucking incredible in there. So um yeah, it was this this recording was um particularly enjoyable because we've sort of spread our wings a little more physically what do you mean by that like i've just just um kind of challenged ourselves a little bit to um explore more of the extremes of the drama of what we do i guess is a way to describe it yeah Mm. that's really exciting (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) Like that's what you want in your next recording, you know, like mm. to feel like it's a next step on and not like a retread or not like yeah, a, like a harsh 180. You yeah, know? yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, it's a pop punk record. <laughs> getting back <laughs> which, to your roots. Which would be fucking really funny. But You guys could just all start a separate pop punk <clears throat> band and just mm. get on a mixed bill. Sort yeah, of yeah. <laughs> Did I see you got? No, no, no. Other, other guys. Yeah, no. Um, that wasn't us. Oh, that's really exciting, man. So, yeah. and then, fuck, I, you probably couldn't even think about touring yet or any of that. No, like, well, I mean, we we were talking about touring. We were going to go back to Japan this year, mm. um, but yeah, now it's just everything just gets pushed to next year. Yeah. So we will do what we can this year. Do some regional stuff. Um, obviously. Uh, we want to, you know, it's a big deal for us to release a record, so we're going to make a big deal out of it and do some, you know, put on some big shows and stuff as to the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but international sort of stuff won't happen until next year yeah. for anyone, really. Yeah, so, so I think everyone's just kind of like crossed off. Yeah, 2020 is a year we can do anything. It's like, yeah, yeah 2021, we'll see what we can do. I got s- some mates that had some some pretty major stuff booked um and i know that their bookers are pushing for them to still go os at the you know late in this year i think it's a bit dicey so i just think it's worth just putting it off and making sure that the world is okay before we you know and the world is ready they've heard the full length they've like you know they know all the tracks they can That's go it. and see and just be like oh i'm in the zone yeah is yeah, there any plans hopefully. to to like, you know, you, you've talked b- before about like getting people in that headspace. Is there any ways you can expand on that in a live show to kind of, if, you know, they don't willingly go into your head, they're going to be dragged <laughs> yeah. in? Have you ever thought about any kind of like... Yeah, I mean, we've, well, we've experimented. For a while there, we played um, with a projection. Yeah, um, I, I was going to say that. I think I've seen you guys play with a projection yeah. before. So, and sometimes we 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 have just had that with no lighting. Um so just a really dark stage. Um, so we're always sort of thinking about, I think it's a bit of a, it's a fine line between uh, doing something that's tasteful and represents the band as, you know, if you go too far, then you're sort of getting into that, not cheesy, but sort of like... Gimmicky? Yep, gimmicky and... Um, just a little bit too contrived, like just a bit too much. Mm. I feel like that's, well, for, for any 
performing act. I think that's the line you walk between, depending on what it is. I mean, if it's, um, if that's what it is, if it's larger than life and everything is just as big as you can possibly make it, then fine. But um, particularly for, for what we're doing and I think, yeah, I think it's a fine line. So that's why the minimal kind of floor lighting and that sort of thing I think is just, it's enough both for us to be able to put ourselves in that spot because that's a big part of it. Mm. Um, like being able to, you know, mentally prepare yourself to perform a sunset um, is, you know, that the lighting and the mood is has got a lot to do with that, you know. Like, I don't think we could pull off playing, you know, you know, the fucking in a park in the middle of the day sort of thing. Like, I just, I don't know, it might be funny, might be, might be cool, but it'd be fucking hard. Yeah. Mm. There's not enough control over the lighting. No, that's it. <laughs> just, just drag a, a big marquee over everybody. Yeah. Well, you can make that happen. That sounds like a fun. Yeah, I would totally do it. But, but you know, yeah, that, <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think we're always thinking about, ways that we can incorporate the visual with the yeah. music but we don't want to overthink it um because yeah it's and it's the kind of thing of, that'll evolve over time i'm sure you mm. know but i was maybe just hoping there was a little bit of you guys like this new album's coming out we're gonna fucking new colored <laughs> lights or you know it's yeah, gonna yeah. be a new <laughs> well it's leds with the remote control you know? yeah exactly we, we, we were sharing <laughs> photos of our setups that we'd done in isolation and you've got some led stripping in your joint now yeah, like you yeah. understand the power now of, it's, it's a real thing yeah yeah man. how hard would it be to roll out some led stripping and you change it mid-song maybe oh. you like attached to a foot pedal maybe do it yeah you could definitely do it that'd be cool yeah <laughs> maybe maybe we'll see sunder <laughs> with more than one lighting setup that's right yeah in yeah. 2021 <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it the way it is. I don't want to change anything. Um, look, let's jump into, we'll do some lightning round questions okay. and then we can wrap this thing up. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we, uh, <clears throat> is there anything we haven't touched on, do you think, or anything that the, you know, your diehard fans going to be like, oh, you didn't talk about this? <laughs> well, I would, I'd be very shocked if I had diehard fans, <laughs> to be honest. No, I think, I think we've, um, We've touched on a lot of things. I don't, know, I don't want to bore bore everyone to death. <laughs> I think you. So. I don't think you bored anyone, dude. Um, <laughs> but I'll bring up these things. I'll get cracking on that. Mm. Um, all right. Oh, here we go. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, analog or digital? Both. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What time did you wake up today? Seven. Oh, it's pretty early for isolation. I feel like there'd be a lot of people just be like, "Oh man, no, nah. way I, later than that." I, you still working? I I just wake up. I can't help it. Good on you. Mm. I wish I had a little bit of that sometimes. I I wish I didn't. To be honest, yeah? I, I envy people who can sleep in. I was fucking. I got to be fucking drunk to sleep in. <laughs> yeah, I got to be like needing the sleep. Yeah, <laughs> needing the recovery yeah. time. <laughs> uh, what was the last thing you read? Uh, the tarot card. Oh, very good. Uh, what's your first memory? Mm. 
this one gets a lot of people. I was talking to Matt Cleary about this the other day and he was like, I wouldn't know what the fuck to say if you asked me that question. Yeah, I feel like it'd be like, what but was your always, first significant memory? Yeah, maybe? well, it's, I don't but know. It's just like funny. Like First when, memory. Oh, okay. Fuck. Okay, I've got a, I guess, it was a pretty early memory that has stuck around. Um, trying to get my dad into a car blind drunk and him accidentally closing the car door on my sister's finger whoa <laughs> it's nowhere near as bad as it sounds but i was pretty young and i remember that that's that's pretty wild actually yeah yeah it was chaos is your sister's finger okay yeah it was it was didn't like close fully on her hand or anything but just was the whole situation was like could have been really bad and dad was heaps drunk so <laughs> that's wild um <laughs> there's a link on that anymore move on yeah, tea yeah. or coffee ah uh, both very good what's your tea of choice then if you're doing if you're coffee and tea i'm an earl grey guy mm, all right i anything really but that's that's my go-to earl grey honey fuck yeah uh last thing you cooked uh I cooked. I cooked a roast on Sunday night. Sick. Actually, yes. Mm. Look at you go. Yeah, I cook. I love cooking. Yeah. Yeah. So with a roast, that I would never attempt a roast. Is that something that's difficult to do? No, or is man. It... Roast is the easiest. Is it? Yeah. Just just chop up a bunch of vegetables, whatever you want on there. A bit of garlic, some olive oil, toss it around, put it in the oven can't get much easier than that yeah but like do you can you overcook it or undercook it or you can undercook it obviously (laughs) (laughs) it's just be raw potatoes oh yeah true yeah but yeah man do it it's easy Mm, all right you've you've convinced me i'll give it a crack (laughs) i'm always just scared with like oven things and i was just like my mom would be able to do that i don't know if i could do that though you know oh trust me it's the easiest form and you can just do other things put a roast in finish a bottle of red Eat the roast. Ah, that's actually pretty. That sounds like a lovely night. If that's what it was, it sounds like that's what it probably, was. Probably, probably was. Can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember I had too much wine. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> if you were reborn, who or what would you like to be? Uh, I'd probably like to be a bird. Hmm. Yeah. Stuff that flies gets picked a lot in this show, and I like that a lot. Mm. What kind of bird would you be though? Like, what kind of bird? I don't know i mean i don't i don't know if i'd care if i could fly if i was a finch or an eagle like what's the fucking difference i can still fly yeah excellent it's just <laughs> any kind of flying animal yeah yeah sweet <laughs> that can stay in the air not one of those glide no no fake yeah ones. no nothing like that that's silly <laughs> <laughs> uh what inspires you uh, what inspires me? Um, I'm inspired by um, drive. So if I see drive in someone, that inspires me to be driven. It's mm. great. I think it's exactly why I do this podcast. Mm. Because every time you have someone on, you're like, fuck. They're doing it, you know? Mm. 
Like we can all do it. Yeah. You just gotta fucking do it. Definitely. You just gotta want it. That's awesome. Um, last record you played? Uh, last record I played. Come on, I was just listening to a record this afternoon. I do this a lot because I, I work in the shed at home and I, I'm always, I'm always playing a record. But I just forget what I'm listening to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually think the last record I listened to was... Oh fuck! I can't. I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember. That's the only time anyone's ever answered that. So that's special. That's like you okay. can you can go down as being. Like, I just I just don't remember it. Yep. Uh, favorite piece of musical equipment that you have? Uh, it's got to be my new guitar. Ooh, tell us about your new guitar. Uh so this is. Uh, I am. I have a custom guitar through a company called Vance Guitars in in Canberra. Cool. Um, it's called The Shepherd. And um, yeah, it's quite special. I got asked uh, a couple of years ago to do like a signature Sunder model type thing. Whoa, what? That's yeah. amazing. And um, When you say it's like, your, it's like yours. Yeah, like I created, I designed it from the ground up and they sell them as The Shepherd, which is... And did you call it The Shepherd as well? Yeah. Is that why there's a, there's a shepherd on a shirt design of yours I have or like yeah yeah the, the goat the shepherd guy yeah yeah um, no it's just look when in the, the whole thing with designing this guitar with Rusty and he's he's he was full on about like giving it a name you know what I mean like this is your guitar like you got to give it a name which I found incredibly hard because and then I don't know just out of every idea and hypothetical that i had was like well the shepherd kind of kind of describes the way i look at playing a guitar in sunder because everything's so stripped back i feel like i am almost shepherded by sound more though more so than playing a lot yeah right if that makes sense well i so, guess you like the, the vibe of the band pushes you into a point where you're making that music and you're playing it together it kind of makes sense you know yeah. like yeah. yeah and it just sounded cool anyway so it but does. yeah so that it's incredible i love it so that's so fucking cool dude mm. can you describe a little bit more what does it look like what does it feel like what i've seen it's you like, play this before like how long have you had this for uh yeah i would have played it at the Earthrot show sick um it's kind of like a modern twist on a on an old guitar so it's kind of slightly twisted offset um like bastard child of a Les Paul and a Telly, I guess. Um, just Rusty is he he makes everything by hand. Um, he only makes a certain amount of guitars a year, so they're just they're just incredible instruments to start off with. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's just kind of like best of both worlds. It's really nice plays great super reliable um you know, great hardware and all that sort of stuff but then sort of like in the body of a more traditional uh like heavy sort of heavy set guitar like a les paul ish <laughs> fuck that's amazing 
Um, what was the last movie you saw? Ooh. Well, last movie. I think it's been a while since I've sat down and watched a movie. I've watched a couple of series. Oh, what have you been watching then? That the the the, name, the question can transfer to essentially is what you've been watching lately. That's cool. Um, just recently watched a, a series called Devs. Oh, is that the one that was done by Alex Garland, the Ex Machina one with the dude from Parks and Rec? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking cool. It's worth watching. It's kind of that. Um, Black Mirror sort of, you know, glimpse into the future type. A terrifying glimpse. Terrifying, into- yeah, it is fucking terrifying. Is it but about AI and stuff well as done. well? Like, yeah, 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 it's got all that. Um, yeah, so that's probably the closest thing to watching a movie. Yeah. Recently, it's just like watching a really long movie. Yeah, and I don't know. I I kind of I'm into the whole series thing because it just if it's good there's just more character development and you know there's just um whereas like if i'm to watch a movie now i'll probably just go back and watch like flatliners or something fucking cheesy you know like because it's actually good yeah it's yeah yeah there's definitely something that's been lost in modern movies where it's just like there's Mm. you know and like I don't know, I'm I'm very cynical of that kind of stuff, so I watch it really closely. But other yeah, people like other people must be bored, you yeah, know. Like yeah. other people must be like not. I yeah. don't know. But then if you get like a big spectacle, it's like oh, you just shut your brain off anyway. But then it's yeah, like yeah, I don't course. know. It's uh-huh. it's you're you're right. It's not no one's, or maybe not where I'm looking. Actually, I did. I watched uh, I watched the remake of Chucky, and it was terrible, <laughs> but I enjoyed the shit out of it. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. I haven't watched that yet because I found out that um, the dude who makes all those Chucky movies is still doing them. And this Child's Play reboot was really? done kind of without his... Yeah, I think his name's like Don Mancini or something. So there's been like a whole bunch of Chucky movies that are still kind of coming out. But this Child's Play, whoever owns the rights to that could remake that but not tell him, essentially. So like they've oh, no rebooted way. the movie, but there's still he's still working on like... Because there was like Seed of Chucky and yeah. Cult of Chucky and... Yeah, yeah. Curse of Ch- oh, there was a couple of Ch- and they, they were still kind of coming out until fairly recently. <laughs> and he's just like, "Yeah, sorry, mate, we're just <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna do this one." Yeah, well, it was it was fucking terrible, but it was entertaining. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to track down Bride of Chucky just the other day because I just the soundtrack is and that whole era <laughs> Jennifer Tilly like that whole vibe. Yeah, that yeah. was like every goth's dream. Totally growing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who do you love? Oh, it'd have to be my partner, Sonny. She's, yeah, she puts up with a lot of, a lot of shit. So, yeah. And no also, question. you know, you're you're also a great guy. You oh. know, you're not just. Oh. I don't think you just drag. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon you're like you're dragging her down or something? You know. Yeah. Um, do you have any pets? Uh, yes, I did. Um, recently lost. Uh, 15th of November last year, had to put my best mate down. Oh, dude, that sucks. Which was fucking heavy. So he was 15. His name was Marduk. <laughs> um, he was the best, best fucking creature on the planet. Oh, man. Yeah, he was amazing. But he was very sick. We tried everything we could. So 
yeah, so that was it's still a bit still a bit raw. But how did Marduk? Because with all your travelling, like where was he? Did I he took come? him took him with me everywhere? Yeah, he stayed with my dad a couple of times when I couldn't. Um, but mostly, yeah, he travelled a lot with me. Oh, that's so nice to hear. <laughs> you had a good life yeah. getting to see heaps of the worlds. Yeah. So other, was it a dog? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a dog. Yeah. yeah. So no other dogs. I was like, have to be a dog. Yeah. yeah. Cat. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just took my cat everywhere with me, which I would. I love cats as well. But yeah, no. So yeah. Um, but he's still there in spirit. Mate. Yeah, totally, mate. Totally. What a legend. <laughs> um, are you useful? Yes. Hmm. I've seen you set up some LED lights. That's right. Uh, biggest fear? Uh, uh, reading out loud. <laughs> Fuck, I'm so sorry I made you do that. This podcast. We should have done these questions beforehand. Um, uh, what do you value the most? Uh, well, it's it's going to sound pretty cheesy but just honesty i guess yeah just that's probably something that i put at the very tippy top if we had a lot more of that the world would be a much nicer place that's for sure it would be i mean yeah there's there's a gray area which makes the world go around but just in general just yeah i think that's try and be more honest more the t- or more of the time yeah or at least just be fucking believable <laughs> yeah if you're gonna lie to me be better yeah, at it that's right yeah um can you do any voices or any uh do, do you do you put on like do you have like, a, like do you put on a phone voice or do you do anything when like to, to fuck with people no you don't do any of that no all right skip um <laughs> anime or disney oh this is this is gonna be an interesting one for you because you're into castlevania that tv show yeah, yeah. Right? anime and Ani- yeah you're yeah. an anime guy all yeah, the way yeah what other animes do you like because you, well, you convinced me to watch Castlevania because other people had said, oh, you should check it out. I'm like, nah, it looks anime-y and stuff. But then it was sick. And yeah. No, I mean, there's, yeah, there's some of the old, some of the old movies for me, which is like, you know, you have like certain films that you just watch once a year. Yeah. So there's like, there's, there's one called The Fist of the North Star. Um, just all that sort of, all that sort of like Akira, all the classics. Um, I just, I just, I just fucking love them. And I mean, I even, even on Netflix, if I'm just flicking for just trying to, you know, switch off and chill out, I'll just watch trash anime on there. I don't even know what the fuck it is. Hardly even follow it, but I just like to look at it because it's interesting. It's like nothing else, isn't it? It's just totally. like, what? Like, how did this little weird sub pocket of animation in Japan just be like the weirdest thing ever? Yeah, I for find sure. that I find that fascinating. Yeah, me too. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Never heavily into either, but I'd say Star Trek. Nice. Uh, Autobots or Decepticons? Same deal, or no? No, I'd say I was probably Autobot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you more of a Batman or a Robin? Batman. Excellent. Uh, what's your favorite color, Ninja Turtle? Red. You Raphael guy? It's because of the size, isn't it? Everyone always picks him because he's got the six weapon. Um, <laughs> what movie could you watch every day and not get sick of? Would it be one of those? Would it be one of those anime ones? Would it be like Akira? Uh, no, no. Um, 
Detroit Rock City. Oh, great movie. Great soundtrack. <laughs> Edward Furlong as well, man. Still in his prime. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, what country do you want to visit the most? Uh, hmm. There's a lot because I haven't done a lot of travel. So... Um, be hard to pinpoint exactly but we can I'll do just, a general area <laughs> i just i just want to go to europe yeah so just yeah just really want to go and see um uh like what about europe is it the old is it the oldness of it all is it the religiousness of it all is it like you know like what, what about europe is kind of pulling you towards there i think it's just yeah it's the culture and the and the yeah the oldness of it all is um yeah intriguing to me and it just looks very foreign to to hear mm. and a lot of music that i listen to comes from these places so i'd love to go there and sort of get a bit of an idea of where it came from mm. oh that's awesome mm. Um, and the last one, famous last words. Is there anything that you, any, any quotes that you like? Anything that's ever resonated with you in your life? I don't know if I'm a quote guy. I don't know if I've had a quote or if there's a thing that, no, I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. Be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah there's just, the quote. Just be honest people. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been wild. Um, and it's you. just been really cool that we're back and I can have you over. It doesn't feel weird. I don't yeah. have to feel like, oh, quick, sneak you in in the cover of darkness or anything. Yeah, you yeah. know, we hang out and talk some <laughs> shit. Yeah, for feels, sure. feels really good. It's like almost as good as going back to gigs. Almost. Won't be long. What's, yeah. the, what's the plan? Like if they say, you know, they can let 50 people in a venue, will you guys do like a 50 person show? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How does that work? Do you have to like... People have to get really friendly with you to like get on the door. Or <laughs> this is going to be the next I know. world, next stage of the world that we have to figure out now. It's like, yeah. you know, if gigs come back, who's going to be let in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually, yeah, Scotty and I were talking about this the other day about having, yeah, the the limit of the amount of people, you know, um, that can be in the venue. And I don't know, it's going to be weird because that's only going to be for the bigger venues. Uh, small venues, you know, how many people are there? Because there's still going to be social distancing for a while. Mm. So, I don't know. I mean, who? it's anyone's guess at the it's moment a, what it's going to look like. Brave new world we're going to be coming out back into once this all kind of levels out. Yeah, man. Oh, shit, before I go, i got to ask mm. two more questions. Luke Frizon, uh, I, I messaged him today. I said, I'm having Troy from Sunder on. What should I ask him? Okay. Two questions. <laughs> um, is Power Amps going to come back? Uh Possibly. And could you tell me what that is? Because I am unaware. <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> so, um, uh, as we were talking off mic uh, earlier, I've always pulled things apart, rebuilt them, um, just constantly building something. Um, so, years ago, I started making custom guitar cabinets. Whoa. Um, and yeah, yes, Luke, probably. <laughs> Um, when I slow down a bit, I'd love to 
just get a little space and, and start making custom cabs again. I still do do some stuff for other people and mostly for myself. Um, yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah. You kind of like that dude you were talking about around the corner from Pan in Geelong. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, mate, I wish. I wish it, I can build things. Uh, just, but when it comes to electronics, that's where I'll start. I'm very limited on my knowledge. But you're doing it, man. That's the thing. And the next thing he's asked is, do you have any favorite boonie sightings reported back to you? Now, this might require a little bit yeah. of a... Okay, so... Fuck. Thanks, Luke. Uh, boonie was my drunken alter ego. How did he get the name Boonie? I guess just vocally, I just became very Boonie-like. <laughs> What's Boonie-like? What I don't know. Mean? I don't know. I mean, every time I was fucking drunk, so I I can't really remember who Boonie is. <laughs> but but I love how he's asked it in a way where he said, yeah. favorite Boonie sighting reported back to you. Yeah. Famous, uh, favorite Boonie sighting. I don't know, maybe... Um, I'm not sure if Luke was out with this, um, but maybe the the Boonie improv jam that I had with the homeless busker one night on Brunswick Street that was that got relayed back to me quite quite a few times. Like I saw you jamming with a guy jamming on the street on Brunswick Street. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. <laughs> That was a that was a great boonie moment. <laughs> uh, I think it's a great way to end the podcast, too. too. <laughs> you jamming out with a homeless guy on Brunswick Street. Yeah, <laughs> too drunk to remember. Absolutely, that's amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show, man. No, Hope thank you, you. Enjoyed yourself, and I can't wait to see you guys playing in a socially distant venue <laughs> soon. Yeah, awesome, mate. Well, thanks. Hey guys, welcome to the Post Ramble. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did and wanted to delve further into the music of Sonder, which is a quite heavy experience, I've been sitting in the dark all day listening to it editing. <laughs> it's a bit weird, but uh, it's fucking cool. It's a cool zone to be in. So if you want to get in that zone, I've made a playlist on Spotify that's collaborative with Troy Power. So Troy's going to put in some stuff that he likes. Uh, I've just put Sonder in there just to start the ball rolling. <laughs> I want to uh, I want to make it like a kind of like a rage playlist, you know, like you get their stuff in there, but then you get the stuff they like, you know. So there's some thunder in there if you want to go listen to that on Spotify. And I'm I want to try and make it so I guess like I don't know about you guys, but when I listen to podcasts, they talk about stuff, and I like have to pause the podcast and then like go, you know, wishlist an audiobook or or Spotify an album or listen to a certain song or a YouTube thing that they tell you to go do. And uh, I want to try and find a way to make that more streamlined so it can be fun you can do it uh, at the same time so listeners uh, if you jump on Spotify if you search F-U-T-L not only will you find the podcast but you'll find F-U-T-L Ep 23 which is this one Troy Power and uh, you can check it out there I'm going to try we'll give it a trial for a couple of weeks see if it's fun to do see if I can get the, the guests to do it themselves and then you know that can be something that can be a, a more three-dimensional part of the podcast which I I enjoy in the communities of podcasts that I listen to, so I figured I should be doing the same, right? So, yeah. 
Also, you know, I'm on Facebook now. That's an important thing that I probably should mention. <laughs> so it's got like, I don't have any likes it's got, but I get a notification every once in a while saying someone click like. I'm like, sweet, thanks, friends. Um, but uh, yeah, go like that if you're a Facebook person. Maybe share it. Uh, I love Instagram, though. That's where I'm at. That's why I love the look and feel. It's so good on the grid. Like the whole, the whole FUTL grid, the more it grows. It becomes... Well, it always kind of, to me, felt like the tower from Mortal Kombat, you know, when you're fighting people as you go up, and that's kind of what this feels like. This feels like I'm just going through, but instead of uh, mortally combating someone, I'm podcasting with them. So, you know, and every time a new slot comes in of those three blocks, it's like, you know, new challenger, and that's fun. And uh, (laughs) I don't know why I'm telling you this. I just just really like it. I want you to (laughs) appreciate it the way I do in some weird way. Um, anyway, yeah, so check out the playlist on Spotify. I'll also put a link in the show notes if you are one of those people who listens to podcasts and checks the show notes. Um, and yeah, have a good one. New episode coming very soon. Cheers.